The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Ciao. Yes, I am saying that weird because I saw a uh, article on Eddie Izzard who is beautifully embracing her womanhood now and I love really? it. Really? Yes, she came I out as a trans woman and I am super excited for her. Also, Elliot Page was on the cover of Time magazine fully embracing their new identity, and I am so freaking excited to see so many trans-positive things going on in the world right now. It makes me happy. Anyway, and also, of course, this is all super fucking old news by the time this airs, because we are recording this the day before St. Patrick's Day, and this doesn't go live until April 30th, but that is fine. It is very exciting, and this means we are not quite, but we've got... Two more episodes until we're halfway through this season. Not that I'm trying to rush through this season, but I kind of am because I would like to finish this season so that I can go have a baby and not feel bad about not recording for a few weeks. But (laughs) not that I don't love you guys, but uh, I kind of want to bond with my child. It's okay. I will read silently to myself to them. (laughs) It's literally just going to be like an hour of cat going, oh, what the fuck? What? What does this mean? <laughs> I still vote we have Jesse come in and read to her. I, st- I still think Jesse could totally kill it. I think she should come okay. in and read her own story. Although she might like hate that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's gotta it, it's gonna be up to Jesse because like I I mean even if if I take a month off, we would still be recording like a month ahead. So, I mean, we've we've got time. Like, that's why we did this. We built it in so that I would be able to have maternity leave. But I also, you know, want to start stacking episodes just in case, you know, other things come up that also cause, you know, hiccups and hurdles and bumps in the road. But you guys don't care about our scheduling. Yeah, like Cat magically getting a job because she has no skills. <laughs> Okay, we're not worried about Kat getting a job because she has no skills. We're worried about Kat getting a job, period, because then, oh my god, we're going to have to, like, work in a third-person schedule. Also, if you're in another time zone, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, technically, it would still only be two time zones because Hannah Beth and I are both central. I was like, maybe she could move to central time and we'd have one time (sighs) zone. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying Nashville is one of the fastest-growing business markets in America, but... So is DFW, just as an FYI. But I don't know if you want to move to Texas, but we would take your votes. (laughs) I was about to say, it's like now the editor and the co-host fight to the death over the other co-hosts. I mean, you're going to win because you've been best friends since you were two. So That is true. But you can't have the room over the garage because that's going to baby James. 
You can have the room in the basement. It has big windows and a master bath. What is that face? You do realize that when I move, I'm going to be with another person, so I don't really think the four of us living together is going to be a good idea. Oh, wait, wait. Also, I never I offered you to live her. Oh, okay. I offered to let her live with me. Not okay, you. I was like... <laughs> because back when I was, like, single and grumpy, I wanted to be like Joey from Friends and live over Claire's garage like he was going to do with Monica and Chandler. Chandler Bing? Yeah. So I was going to be Joey. One Yemen road. Yemen. Sorry. Yeah. I just, I don't. And live over your garage. But now that that's not going to happen, I don't think the four of us living together is such a good idea anymore. Without further adieu. Making that very airy adieu. What had happened was. What had happened was. Everybody's like. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <gasps> Sorry. Well, they kind of were because they were like, Maya and Sirius have a soul bond? What? Mm-hmm. Like, you know the minions when they say what and their jaw like goes all the way what? down here? That's what it's like. What? <laughs> so, so yeah, that happened, but it wasn't sealed. So Maya was explaining to them why it wasn't sealed and it wasn't sealed because he never bit her, which sucks because that's fun but whatever whatever floats your boat so then at one point we get to lily being like excuse me what because she didn't understand it so then they had to explain the whole thing over again to her and then she finally grasped it so then i believe and correct me if i'm wrong but the font did change so maya had a little mini flashback to the library at grimmauld place so she had that little moment and then when she opened her eyes, she wanted to be alone, but Sirius took the Marauder's map and followed her, and I'm like, bro, she wanted to be alone. Like, why do you have to do that? But whatever. So he found her, obviously, from the map, and then they started talking about how he's not good for her and how he doesn't know how to be a boyfriend and how I'm horrible, and then, 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 which he isn't, but that's how he feels. And then they got some hot and steamy moments, and then towards the very end, she told Sirius, that she loves him. Because mm. by in serious K-I-S-S-I-N-G sitting in a tree. How do they do that in England since they call kissing snogging? I mean, they still call it kissing. Like, the word kissing. Yeah. S-N-O-G-G-I-N-G. Uh, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't have that. Yeah. Right. But snogging is making out. That's the difference. Yeah. So, like, snogging has tongue, I think. Oh. So kissing is just like. Yeah, so I think it's more like kissing is is just kisses. And then snogging is like French kissing. Like what we would call French kissing. Hmm. Oh, dearest fans of Britannia, please let us know what snogging entails and what differentiates snogging. Also, and what differentiates all those things from necking. Yes, because like. I am a very visual person, so, like, I always just assumed necking was, like, literally kissing each other's necks. And I was just like, that's a very weird thing to do. It's, like, like a swan thing, and, like, one head's to the side, and you're just, like, and you're, like, both kissing each other's neck, and, like, I do, yeah, my neck tickles thinking about it. Anyway, um, so, anyway, the dead of time, uh, great recap, cat, very succinct, um, I mean, that was... Literally, yeah, that was that was basically everything. 
Um, cool. I'm getting better. You're welcome. You are. Now, I, I did like the serious part where he was like, because the chapter name was mine. So, and not like obnoxious Finding Nemo, mine, 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 which is now, of course, all I can hear. But um, <laughs> we're just going to make reading this sentence really fun. <laughs> I want to read it straight, but I also want to read it with the mind. So, <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to be able to do this, guys. Mine, he whispered reverently. Your body is mine, and your pleasure is mine. <laughs> Let's never do that again. Oh, my eardrums. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I don't know what the fuck happened, but ever since I got pregnant, I have like this super wheezy laugh. I sound like an old man, and I kind of love it. It's just like the goofiest fucking sound. But anyway, the dead of time. Uh, let's jump into chapter 74, Muffliato. What are you doing? Okay, I do this like once an episode. I'm overproducing spit so i'm like trying to like suck it out of my mouth so I do you don't need start... like one of those cups like those old in. southern guys that just like spit into the thing can i tell you like... wait you you know why they have those cups right yeah they got tobacco okay. in their mouth and they got spit in just making thing. sure i can't remember the last time i said the o in tobacco i'm sorry i don't say it like that you say tobacco not tobacco i said tobacco it's I think my favorite part about working at the hospital up here was that, like, it, it was very strict, like, no smoking anywhere on the premises, not even in the parking lot. Like, people went around and enforced that shit. Like, do not smoke anywhere in near the hospital. Unfortunately, we were surrounded on three sides by tobacco fields. <laughs> so when it was harvesting season and you're smoking them, the entire hospital just reeks of fucking tobacco. <laughs> so it was like you can't smoke cigarettes here it's like okay but just it smells like a cigarette outside. factory <laughs> like yeah just stand outside and just absorb it like it's fine but uh welcome to the american south international listeners but anyway the dead of time chapter 74 muffliato november 5th 1977 i take it you found maya Sirius looked up to find Remus stretched out on his bed, ankles crossed, a book in his hand, looking ever the picture of introverted contentment. It was still a bit of a shock not to have James in the dorm, and Sirius started to look for Peter before he remembered that he had detention. Not even bothering to hide his grin, Sirius closed the door behind him and walked towards Remus, almost skipping with each step. Do I look that disheveled? Remus nodded turned his attention back to his book before speaking again. That and the fact that I would recognize her scent a mile away. His nostrils flared and he grimaced. It smells different on you. I'm not jealous or anything, but I don't think I like it. I love it, Sirius smiled, and then fell onto his bed with a bounce, staring across the room at Remus, who looked like he was holding back a smirk. I also love that Prongs no longer sleeps in this room, so there's absolutely zero chance of me getting antlered in the shoulder. He really needs to rein in that protective brother thing. Remus closed his book and set it on the side table. 
Serious? Yeah, mate? Just because it needs to be said. If you hurt her again... Remus slowly took in a controlled breath before speaking once more. You're my friend, and I love you like a brother. You're pack. But if I see that witch crying, and it's because you've turned your back on her again, I won't be able to stop myself. Sirius's smile briefly faded in order to give the now golden-eyed alpha wolf his genuine attention. He was well aware that it was not Remus being a jealous ex-boyfriend. Pack meant as much to Sirius as it did to Remus, or at least he hoped so. She's the line. Don't cross it. Understood. Sirius nodded firmly and relaxed a bit when Remus's eyes shifted back to green. It was a telltale sign as to whom he was dealing with, Remus's friend or Mooney the wolf, regardless of the fact that they used the names interchangeably. And you're really okay with me dating her? Do you love her? Sirius must have appeared to have a poor reaction to the word as his shoulders stiffened. That's a yes, Remus chuckled, and reached again for his book. In which case, yes, I am okay with you dating her. She told me she loves me, Sirius blurted out. Remus's eyes widened at the declaration. He closed his book once more, setting it to the side. Sirius wondered if their conversation was more entertaining than the book. He glanced at the cover. The dark arts outsmarted, inside. The conversation was decidedly more interesting. Really? Wow. I mean, I knew she did. She almost said as much. Told me she wouldn't say it out loud unless it was to you, though. Said you deserved to hear it first, Remus confessed. His words surprised Sirius, who had not known that he had been a topic of discussion between Maya and Remus while the two were still dating. I didn't say it back. Do you feel it back? Sirius exhaled sharply and ran a hand through his hair. That girl terrifies me, Mooney. Do you know I've only heard those words spoken to me maybe a handful of times? Sirius knew that Remus understood to a certain extent. The Lupins, Remus's father specifically, did not say the words as often as they should have. Even when they did, it was as off, it, uh, it was almost as though they were being forced to, or Sir Remus had once mentioned. Sirius understood. The blacks felt hate, the Lupins felt fear, neither properly knew how to love their sons. Mum and Dad, of course, Sirius said, referring to Doria and Charles, then casually by you, Prongs, and Wormtail, once by Lily even, though she hexed me right after. Six years with the Potters, and I'm still not used to it. When Maya said it, I don't know what happened. It, it fucking hurt. Why would it hurt? He asked, looking up at his friend, hoping Remus's previous experiences with Maya would grant him some sort of insight into the girl, relationships as a whole, and love in general. Because you finally have something good that's just yours, Remus suggested. She loved me, but not like she loves you. That part of her is yours, and yours alone, and I think you're scared of losing it. I can't fuck this up, Mooney, Sirius mumbled desperately. I don't want to fuck this up. How do I not fuck this up? Remus slowly rose an eyebrow as he eyed him. You're asking me for advice on how to date Maya? He burst into laughter. Do you have any idea how pissed off she'd be about that? Don't care. Need help.
When the laughter died away, Remus sighed happily, looking like he was enjoying this brief interlude of time where Sirius Black did not know how to do something that his ego could not compensate for. Sirius might have been th- uh, might have thrown something at him, but he wanted answers. Don't treat her like any other girl, Remus advised. If you start buying her flowers and stuff, she's likely to use them in a potion and then poison you with it. Also, she comes first. Remus paused and stared directly at Sirius, smirking. And I mean that in every sense of the word. What? Oh, come on. He's telling him that she comes first. Okay. You know, like... Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Also, you guys can't see it. I keep winking at her. I'm I'm sorry, but Dirty Me was last week, so this week... It's okay. And also, why can't they do it at the same time? You know how hard that shit is to time? (laughs) I mean, like, it's doable, but also, depending on the person, she should be able to come first and second and third and fourth. And then he can join. (laughs) That's way too much. Agree to disagree. <laughs> hard, hard disagree. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> Sirius rolled his eyes. I don't have a problem in that area. Thanks, he retort- retorted snappishly. Though a grin slipped back across his jaw as he remembered the fifth floor corridor and the way she had desperately clung to him, fluttering around his cock and panting out each syllable of his name between breaths. I didn't realize that phrasing was on the fanfiction version. That's exciting. Hello. Hi, Shia. (laughs) I mean it, though, Remus said, interrupting Sirius's brief recollection. You treat her like Prongs treats Lily. Just... Be less embarrassing about it. They both laughed at this. Also, don't lie to her and don't hold back. Remus said pointedly and nodded when Sirius raised a brow. Physically? It's one thing for me to hold back because of what I... Remus paused at the glare Sirius sent him, sighing, he amended. Of what I'm infected with, but Maya doesn't like it when you hold back. She wants to know who you are, even at your worst. Speaking of worst, stop talking about yourself like you're not worthy of her. If you can make her happy, that proves your worth. You made her happy, Sirius pointed out, as though it was an argument in his favor. If Remus made Maya happy and she was not with Remus anymore, what chance did he really have? Yes, I did. I also made her content. She doesn't need contentment. She needs to be challenged. Well, that I can definitely do, Sirius scoffed, and then immediately silenced himself when the bedroom door opened. He peeked his head around one of his bedposts and grinned when he spotted Peter walking through, looking thoroughly exhausted. Did it work? Peter asked, his watery eyes turning to look at the grin on Sirius's face. I spent four hours polishing trophies with Filch. Please tell me I didn't go through all that for nothing he complained, looking between his friends. Wormtail? Sirius stood and walked over, taking Peter's face in his hands. I could kiss you, 
he declared, and Peter quickly tried to break away as though he expected him to follow through. Sirius only laughed and patted his friend gratefully on the cheeks. I owe you a thousand butterbeers, my fine furry friend. Your sacrifice for my love life will not go unnoticed, Pete, I promise you. Awkwardly blushing from the attention, Peter laughed and shoved Sirius away. You do the same for me, Pads. Still, Sirius insisted, pointing at Peter as he crossed the room. Butterbeers you shall have. Mark my words, Wormtail. I'll pay you back. Do they not have charms or anything for, like, certain cleaning things? Because couldn't they have oh, just, they do. like... But this was a punishment. Oh, so when it's a punishment, you can't use magic. That's annoying. November 8th, 1977. The weekend following Sirius's 18th birthday was spent without thought of war, death eaters, or the worries of adulthood that waited for them upon graduation. Sirius had taken to the sky, beater bat in hand, as he, James, and the rest of the Gryffindor Quidditch team faced off against Ravenclaw in the first match of the year. Neither had ever flown better, and it had little to do with the new brooms they had purchased before returning to Hogwarts in September. Though Maya and Lily claimed they could not tell the difference from one broom to the next, Sirius and James had spent a great deal of effort trying to educate their witches about the obvious superiority that the Nimbus 1500 had over their previous clean sweeps. Ravenclaw was defeated in an epic showdown that put Gryffindor in the lead for the Quidditch Cup by over 400 points. In a show of support, both Maya and Lily had run onto the field the moment their wizards landed, throwing themselves into the open arms of their boyfriends, both of whom would be heard pressed to find a happier moment in their entire lives. The usual butterbeer-fueled celebration took place after the game, which included a birthday cake for Sirius and presents from his friends. Buckets of sweets and things for both his broom and bike were exuberantly appreciated, but he had stared in awe as he opened Maya's gift a black leather jacket. It was the most beautifully muggle thing he had ever owned, and it took less than five seconds for him to cast aside his robes and slip into it. James, Remus, and Peter all grinned at the sight while Lily rolled her eyes. Maya, however, was staring openly, and Sirius was not at all shy about noticing the way her brown eyes shifted to amber at the sight of him. When Lily and James left Gryffindor Tower to return to their private rooms, Sirius and Maya properly celebrated his birthday by slipping up to the boys' dorm, where Sirius let her in on a marauder secret that had begun years earlier. Each wizard was given a one-time pass that allowed him to kick the others out for any reason. So far, none of the boys had taken the opportunity, so Sirius gave himself a birthday gift by kicking Remus and Peter to the common room for the night. Surprisingly, Remus was amused by the gesture, Peter, of course, was a little put out. Bet you were, you nasty little voyeur. Mm. Pervy Peter. Ha! Ha ha! That's alliterative. Anyway. When Sirius met Maya up in his room, he found the devious little witch. Oh. I will make my comment in a moment. When Sirius met Maya up in his room, he found the devious little witch perched at the foot of his bed, her hair in a wild halo around her face, curls slipping down past her shoulders. The only scrap of her own clothing she had on was a pair of lacy scarlet knickers that matched perfectly with the open red and gold Quidditch robe she was wearing. When she tilted her shoulder forward, offering him a decent view of her breasts, he could see the beginning of his name embroidered on the back of the robes. 
Sirius stopped dead at the sight, and wondered if his lungs collapsed in the moment when his eyes connected with the view in front of him. Merlin, Godric, and Circe. She was wearing his robes, and his name, and his colors, and sitting on his bed. His mouth watered as his eyes moved south to take immediate notice that the robes were not buttoned, so between the slip of soft red fabric was a pale valley of supple flesh, showcasing the soft curves of her breasts all the way down to her navel. Teasingly, the fabric covered both nipples, and Sirius felt briefly irritable over that fact, but all too quickly got over it when he realized she was not a photograph from one of his muggle magazines, but a real woman he could touch, taste, undress, and devour. If you don't get over here in the next five seconds, Sirius Black, Maya threatened with a daring smirk, her amber eyes dark and blazing. I will charm these robes green and silver, and the black on the back of them might as well reference Regulus. No longer in control of his human sensibilities, his inner pad foot growled, audibly, possessively, and Maya grinned at him. Sirius was on top of her faster than she had time to react, and Maya shrieked and laughed as he pinned her back down against the mattress. Inch by ruthless inch, Sirius descended her body, kissing and nipping his way down to the apex of her thighs, where he breathed in deep and chuckled before nuzzling the scarlet lace that wrapped his favorite, uh, his favorite birthday gift. Maya whimpered when he lit. Oh my god! Okay, hold on. I'm gonna read this fucking paragraph and then I'm gonna read it out loud. Shut up. Child's eating my brain. <laughs> well, you're ruining my blushing by messing up the flow, so. I know! <sighs> I'm sorry. The child who's the result of blush worthy scenes is ruining this for me. Yeah, I'll get him back when he's 18. Mm-hmm. Favorite birthday gift? Socks. <laughs> I, I was finishing that sentence so that I could start with Maya. Oh, sorry. <laughs> God damn I'm totally it. buying you socks for your birthday, cat. I welcome it. My feet are cold when I sleep. I love socks. They're my favorite. One year, Micah bought me a giant gift bag full of different sock like fuzzy socks for valentine's day that's all i did was like bought me like 17 pairs of socks it was amazing okay dumbledores uh. <laughs> yeah but i also said it because i told you that when the niece turns 18 that her mama needs to give her socks and be like you're free i told <laughs> that i was gonna send <laughs> a sock on her 18th birthday and she goes okay good then she can move in with you and i was like i take it back <laughs> yeah, my face exactly. I was like, never mind. I'll send her socks. I can send her Amazon and I don't have to put who it's from. <laughs> Where'd these socks come from? <laughs> Just randomly the entire month of November, the month that he turns 18, is just going to be socks, like randomly showing up. <laughs> yeah, but then on Facebook, she'd be like, stop sending my child socks. No. <laughs> Who is sending my child socks? Anyway, and then she posts about it, and then everybody else starts sending her socks. Yeah. Make it a trend. Oh, yeah, I'm like Blaze, but worse. <laughs> oh my god. Maya whimpered when he lightly bit against the fabric before leaning back on his heels to remove his new leather jacket, 
following it by pulling his white shirt over his head before finally tucking his fingers into the band of red lace and sliding her knickers delicately over her thighs, down her calves, and then tearing them away from her ankles before pocketing them in his jeans. You... What was that? He... That was my child kicking me really fucking hard in the belly button. <laughs> oh, I thought you were making a face about him pocketing her panties. And I was like, that is not that. I mean, it's hot, but well, it's not I mean, like that level. Yes. No, 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 no. It's um, Stephen Fry. Harry pocketed oh. it. <laughs> See, I find that creepy because I've watched way too many serial killer shows where it's oh, like, where they, they steal trophies. the panties. Oh, yeah, yeah no. that that's where my mind went, but I'm weird. Thank you for that. And what is he going to do with them? It's not like he can, well, he could wear them, but it's like, it's, why? It's a trophy. <laughs> or smell them. Since you can't hear that yeah. with what you're doing. <laughs> Ew. Mm-hmm. I've never understood the draw of sniffing panties, but it is apparently common enough that it is like a recognized thing. The only time you should sniff your underwear is if your room is a mess and you can't remember if you've washed them or not. And then you're like, okay, that needs to go. Okay, that smells clean. I don't question it. I just always just throw it in the pamper and then I just pull something clean out of the drawer. That's also why I have... I I, I air on if it's on the floor, it's not clean. That's also why I have like 60 pairs of underwear. Same. You are not keeping those, Maya insisted, when she caught sight of his attempt at sleight of hand. It's my birthday, Sirius argued. I get whatever I want. You should know this by now. He couldn't help but remember Remus's words of advice on relationship with Maya. She comes first. No, mate, Sirius thought to himself smugly. She comes twice. Jesus. <laughs> Where the fuck did it... Okay, sorry. I'm reading along in the AO3 version, and it skips, like, six paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah, the AO3 version's kind of it. Woo! Okay. Do remember that if you become a Patreon, you can hear those extra six paragraphs with our Patreon-only content, where we read the AO3 versions of Dirty Dirty Chapters. We will be releasing the Dirty AO3 version of this chapter and last week's chapter on our Patreon shortly. Woohoo! You ever see a person's face be a tomato? Sign up for Patreon and see it. Yes, and speaking of things that you should not sniff, I think it's also important to think of things that you should sniff. You know what you should sniff? Candle soaps and wax belts. From Starcross Sundries. So we are once again pairing with the wonderful Starcross Sundries to bring you a code to get you 15% off until May 9th. The code is SUDS and Slytherins. That is S-U-D-S, SUDS. The word and spelled out, Slytherins. And again, that is running until May 9th, which means you have nine more days. Technically, ten if you count today, if you're listening on Fire Whiskey Friday. But they are releasing their new line of Slytherin scents. We have Narcissa. We have Snape. Is there a Draco? There is a Draco. 
Thank you, Hannah Beth. She's nodding very It's so good. It's it's very it's very nice. It's very nice. Does it have an mm. apple in it? Because I feel like it does not. <laughs> it smells like which I kind of made a joke that there should be like an apple an blossom apple blossom apple blossom note just as a nod to Drapple. that. Yeah. But uh instead it's just like this very sexy cologne mm. that's it smells like expensive cologne. Mm. It's excellent. So it looks like I am also using the Suds and Slytherins code to get 15% off my Draco candle. But do remember to reach out. Uh, Rin is great about posting within the group. So you will be able to find that link. There is also a Starcross Sundries group and page on uh, Facebook. They have a page that gives you access to their secret scents that change from season to season. So please go check out Starcross Sundries. We love supporting them because they support us. <sighs> it's a great time to support Starcross Sundries, guys. Because we now have soaps. Anyway, <laughs> the dead of time. I'm not crying, I'm just hiccuping. It was not even dawn when Maya's eyes slowly opened, and she found herself in a bed that was not her own. She breathed in deeply, letting the surrounding scents wash over her. Parchment, grass, and leather. Serious. She looked down at the handsome, pale frame beside her. Merlin, but he is beautiful, she thought. As she raked her gaze over the lines of Sirius's body, following the planes of his chest down the trail of coarse black hair under his navel that vanished beneath the white bedsheet where their legs tangled together. Maya smiled admiringly as she softly ran the tips of her fingers over his skin, wondering what other tattoos would eventually be inked there. Between his long raven hair, the promise of future tattoos, and the black leather jacket that was now hanging over his trunk at the foot of the bed, she couldn't imagine a more devilishly handsome man. Struck by the beauty of him, she silently prayed that he would not open his eyes. If she were to face the various shades of grey and silver in her, her current state, she might actually blush. As it was, Sirius did not open his eyes. He did, however, moan at the feel of her fingers toying with the ends of his hair. The hand that was still firmly wrapped around her waist, tucked into the red and gold quidditch robes that he insisted remain on her body for as long as possible, tugged her closer to him. She could feel his morning hardness pressed against her thigh. Without ever opening his eyes to face the daylight, Sirius groaned as he ground himself against her leg before slowly, lazily, parting her thighs and resting one on top of his hip. Sirius, Maya whispered, I know you're awake. No, I'm not, he mumbled quietly, as he continued to move, torturously slow and teasing. His hand moved from her waist to cut the curve of her os and pull her tight against him. When his eyes finally did open and she saw the silver-outlined gray irises staring back at her with such devotion, she could have very well cried if it were not for the accompanying grin he wore. Good morning, kitten. Sirius leant in and pulled her bottom lip to his mouth, nipping it lightly instead of a typical kiss. I've made a decision. She smirked at him, brushing his black hair away from his face. And what's that? We're never leaving this bed. Remus apparently had other ideas. Are you two awake yet? 
Sirius groaned. No. Rather than shoving his head into his pillow as he was prone to do when woken up earlier than he liked, he buried his face between her breasts, causing Maya to laugh. That's interesting, Remus said from behind the curtains. I don't remember her ever finding anything funny in my bed. Oh, what an arsehole, Sirius growled and rolled over, reaching one hand down to pull the sheets up around a still-laughing and half-naked Maya before he threw open the curtains and glared up into the green eyes of a gloating best friend. Oh, Merlin, you couldn't put on pants? Remus grimaced and turned away from a shameless Sirius in his day-after-birthday suit. Maya laughed harder. Mooney, it's the morning after my birthday, and I have a naked witch in my bed. Why the fuck would I be wearing pants? Sirius asked. What do you want? If you want me to leave, fine, Remus said, and turned back towards the door. I just naturally assumed that when the chance came to get back at James for trying to skewer us last year, you'd want to take it. Sirius and Maya both widened their eyes in anticipation and excitement before shouting, What? An hour later, Sirius, Remus, Peter, and Maya all found themselves sitting in a sofa in James and Lily's common room. I feel weird just sitting here, Peter mumbled. Do you really think that they're... Sirius laughed. Oh, yeah. And again, we know this because... Maya prompted, looking over to Remus, who was smirking. Because I went down to the kitchens this morning to get some coffee, and overheard the house elves saying a tray needed to be put together for the head boy and girl, who requested breakfast to be delivered to their room. He grinned wolfishly. One tray, one room. Maya looked at the similar expression on Sirius and Remus's faces, and couldn't ever imagine how she thought Sirius and James were the true troublemakers. Remus could clearly hold his own. Though the shortened post-coital bliss between her and Sirius was irritating, even Maya could not resist the plan Remus had come up with to get back at James for the drunken Brig Brother talk that he had given the three of them the year prior, shortly after attacking both Sirius and Remus in his animagus form. Oh, gross, Maya groaned when her vulpine hearing took over. The noises from beyond the head boy's door were much clearer and louder than expected. What? Peter asked, looking at the horrified look on Maya's face and the equally amused expressions worn by the other two. What happened? I'm not that loud, am I? Sirius asked with a chuckle. No, Maya insisted. At the exact same time, Remus said, yes. Out of all of us, how is it that Prongs and Lily don't know how to cast a silencing charm? Sirius inquired, shaking his head in amusement as another moan came from behind the door. Maya grimaced at the sound as she was forced to remember that Harry, apparently just like his father, also had trouble remembering silencing charms in the heat of the moment with Ginny. Remus chuckled in evident amusement, wiping tears from the corner of his eyes. To be fair, they probably weren't expecting us to be waiting for them in the common room. Then they shouldn't have given us the password, Sirius insisted. This is their fault. Are you sure you were able to slip it into their pumpkin juice? Maya looked at Sirius, who turned and gaped at her, offended. Who are you talking to? Of course I was able to get the job done. House elves didn't even question me. Do you think he's going to be mad? Peter asked, nervously swallowing. 
He has it coming, Maya said, as the door to the head boy's room clicked open and a Quidditch jersey wrapped ginger witch stepped out into the small staircase with a glass of pumpkin juice in one hand and a muffin in the other, humming to herself pleasantly. Good morning, Lily, Sirius shouted at her. Lily jumped, causing the pumpkin juice to slosh over the side of her cup. She turned to stare down at the sofa, the green, her green eyes wide, her cheeks flushed. Oh, um, mm, good morning. She nervously looked back at James's door and bit her lip before turning her attention back to her friends. I didn't think anyone would be stopping by. Well, when you and Prongsy didn't make it down to breakfast, we got worried, Sirius frowned, and stood up, followed close behind by Remus and Maya. Peter remained in his seat, not at all a willing not at all willing to participate in this, and what would surely be an epic consequence. Lily smiled innocently. We were up last night, revising, so I just thought I'd have the elves bring something for us to eat. Maya smirked as she... Yes, I am aware I added a lot of fucking words to that sentence. I don't care. Maya smirked as she watched her friend take a drink of her pumpkin juice just as James do- James's door opened again and her brother walked out, shirtless. Morning, James muttered suspiciously. We were, um, <clears throat> having a bit of a lion. In your room? Maya asked. We were going over the prefect schedule, James answered, taking a glass of juice from Lily and finished it off himself, oblivious to the looks of success that crossed the features of the pranksters at the foot of the stairs. That's so, Remus asked. Yes? Just working on the prefect schedule? Maya inquired. Yes, Lily insisted, eyes narrowing. Sirius grinned and gestured at their heads. You should tell that to your hair, then. At once, Lily and James turned to face each other, and two sets of eyes widened at the sight of one another, sporting an all-too-familiar shade of bright, satisfied blue. Lily looked scandalized as she gasped, gripping James's locks. James, on the other hand, looked a little smug at Lily's hair. Maya! Lily shrieked. Sorry, Max. I woke my dog up. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You can go back to sleep now. I'm getting the nastiest look from it. <laughs> now, now, now. Calm down, Lily. Maya smiled teasingly at her friend. We understand that when a witch and wizard are in love, they love to express that love in a very special way. A very loud special way, Sirius added with a chuckle and looked at James. Muffly auto, mate. It's not hard. All right. Very funny, James scowled. You've successfully embarrassed us. Now sod off the lot of you so I can finish my breakfast. Not gonna happen. Sirius shook his head and cracked his knuckles. See, Lily here is like a sister to me. And me, Remus added. And me, Maya agreed. I'm sitting this one out, Peter insisted from the sofa. And we feel the need to defend sweet Lily's honor after we discovered that some horrid wretch had come along and stolen her. Sirius took a deep breath and stared into James's eyes before continuing. Maidenhead. James paled. Oh, bugger. What? 
Lily jumped back when suddenly Maya and Sirius shifted into Animagus form, forcing her to finally come face to face with the little fox and bear-like dog that looked eerily like a grim. Her eyes widened further when the two started snarling at James. Now, wait just a bloody... Lily, where's my wand? James demanded. How should I know? Remus, James said warningly. Call them off. This isn't funny. I happen to think it's a little funny, Remus chuckled, his arms folded casually across his broad chest. They're not going to bite hard. Just enough to draw a little blood and leave a few scars. Scars? Lily yelled. Yeah, like this one. Remus said, as he pulled his shirt up to reveal a small circular scar that looked to be placed between two of his ribs. That's an antler, by the way, he clarified to Lily, who gaped at the sight and immediately turned on her boyfriend, narrowing her eyes in anger. James Potter. They had sex with my sister, James pointed at Remus and the growling Grim, who was slowly moving closer to the staircase. How was I supposed to react? Lily ignored James's excuses as she turned back to Remus. Are they going to hurt him very badly? Remus grinned. He'll live. Fa-pa! I agree with James. This is not fair. <laughs> yes, it... He fucking skewered them with antlers. He's just gonna get a couple of bites. He put a fucking antler between Remus's ribs. Yeah, but... I don't know. He shish kebobbed his buddies. They get to knit back. Yeah, I guess. Mainly, I just like the fact that he's probably, like, literally crapping his pants at the thought of it. Yeah, but it's like they're all doing the same thing with each other. So it's like, is there really a point in payback? I also just like Peter, who's just like, I'm not a part of this. You motherfucker, you were the cause last time. You're the one who was like, uh, my head sex with Sirius and Remus. And then <laughs> Oh, so he started being a rat early. Cool. Yes, yes, he is. He's a rat bastard from day one. Man has no honor. Yes. <sighs> but that is this week's chapter of Zedit of Time. And it is also the end of April, which means it is time to thank our April, April, easy for me to say, our Fox's Day April one more time. And now it's time to thank our foxes. We would like to thank to Tyler Maria, Muggle Trucker, Rachel, Camille, Rebecca, Jackie, Becky, Becky, Leanne, Michelle, Carissa, Sandra, Ryland, Ryder, Cassie, Amber, Olivia, Crystal, Chelsea, Laura, Amanda, Ash, Sylvia, Heather, Connie, Sarah, Amara, Emma, Paige, Claire, Roshan, Audrey, Martina, Melissa, Amanda, Jillian, Lynn, Sarah, Hannah, Nevi, Shannon, Tori, Dan, Shelby, Sarah, Kara, Samantha, Kenny, Miriam, Michelle, Frau Hall, Kara, Jenny. Thank you again so much, all of you. We appreciate you joining us. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We will have our new list of Patreons next week. Very exciting. Thank you all for joining us. We love having you. And again, we hope you enjoy the AO3 versions of this week's chapter and last week's chapter, which will be dropping on the Patreon page soon. 
Kat, do we have anything we need to add? I don't think so. We Gucci? Yeah, we we good. We Prada? We Versace? We Yves Saint Laurent? No, we are not because we're too broke for that, but... That preach. <laughs> that being said, please join Patreon. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't even pay. I think the only person in this group who gets paid from Patreon is Annabeth. Um, literally every dime we get from Patreon goes back into the podcast, whether it is paying for our monthly subscriptions to editing software or uh our hosting site or our website or any of those uh, zoom god bless zoom um it also goes into upgrading all of our technology new microphones cameras uh computers all of those kinds of things you guys literally keep the podcast running and we are forever grateful for it amen sister friend oh sister friend we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Wacha, man! Hacha! It took you like. I was waiting for you to say it. You usually like cut me off, so I waited for you to say it, and then like. <laughs> I like to say it with you because then it shows something. It shows solidarity between the two of us. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.